churches that normally have communion at the front where people break the bread. So they've got people breaking the bread and handing it to them. I know another church that does the coffee and tea and things after the service and they've got um, their, their volunteers handing out the biscuits individually to people. So people, like, it's just, people are going to all sorts of measures to ensure that we're doing the best that we can. And, and rightly so, I, I guess we've got to be mindful of that too as a, as a church. Even on Friday with our cleaner, with Stephen, I had him put extra disinfectant in the water for the floors and for the toilets. Um, while we were worshipping, I was looking at the stage thinking, oh, okay, he didn't do that, I'll have to speak to him about that. You know, we, we want to do everything that we can to make sure that this place is a safe place because though the government has said that there are no you know, public gatherings, non-essential public gatherings over 500, Praise God that they didn't say over 100 or over 50 or over 20. Because the reality is, even as Prime Minister Scott Morrison said, when it comes to his faith and church, it's an essential for him. But it's a non-essential church gathering, you know, or public gathering. And that's the space that we live in. So with everything that's moving, it's important that we as a church do things to protect and care for our family. Those are the most vulnerable, those that... um, have got weaker immune systems, those that are elderly. We need to consider those things, you know. I just want to paint a picture because what I want to do today, if I can, is I want us to walk out of this place with an element of faith, yeah? Because we we have to do everything that we can do, but outside of that, we need to have faith. We need to be a people of faith. We need to speak faith, yeah? need to walk by it. You know, the, one of the things that Churches of Christ have suggested along the lines of uh, what the government has said, you know, is if you've been in contact with someone who's infected, then quarantine yourself for 14 days. My, uh, my son-in-law, I've never called Joe son-in-law before. My son-in-law, Joe, um, my daughters were over for lunch yesterday and he was supposed to come along. But at work on Friday in the lunchroom, just two seats down from him, there was a guy, he said, that was just coughing for the whole half hour he was in there. And they ended up taking that man to hospital. There's, they don't know what he's got yet. But as a precaution for my mother, who's 87, he rang my daughter and said, listen, this is what's happened, knowing that they were coming to my place today. So my daughter left home and went and stayed at her, mu- at her mum's, right, so that Joe could go home, so that she could come with the other sisters and have lunch because Joe didn't want to infect my 87-year-old mum. Because imagine if that happened and she got sick because I couldn't live with myself, you know. I'm just sharing that story to say we have to be mindful of that stuff, yeah. We just need to be mindful. So even Jen shared today that Baz was coughing, so he's decided to stay home just in case. You know, we don't live by fear, but there are things that we can do, yeah, to make sure that those of us that are here are well looked after, amen. So what else can we do? We can wash our hands. I pray that you do. For those that don't, particularly after the toilet, I pray you do now. Sneeze into your elbow. You can sneeze into someone's face that you don't like, but I don't think they'll like that. Did you hear the, oh, people actually pictured it, didn't they? Like they just pictured it. Oh, look, let's keep moving. Um, probably another thing you can do is don't touch people's face. I don't know why you would touch someone's face, but don't touch people's face. It's some of the things that we've been asked to do. And in that, 
I have one question. What is God asking us to do? What is God asking us to do? They're, they're, they're just some of the things and they're all good and we need to be, keep, you know, be made aware and we need to do all that stuff. But what is Father God asking us to do? Oh, it's a really good question. <laughs> so I want to try to build some faith today. We're going to quickly watch some of this video and then um, we're going to continue from there because uh, a preacher that I like, Joseph Prince, actually in sharing in 2018 inadvertently without knowing prophesied a new virus strain that was coming how is that right great little video let's just watch this quickly now where we, we are at I, i'm so glad because uh, the year has been transferred on us with this crisis of this virus but god is always ahead of the devil in fact two years ago in uh, in one of my messages, I actually, something when I preach is in the spirit of prophecy. I'll prophesy about the future. And you know this virus thing happened uh, towards the uh, end of uh, last year, which is still 2019. That's why they call it COVID-19. All right, but in, eight, in 2018, I sort of prophesied and I talk about a new strain of virus coming. Stay back, watch. Amen. So obviously God has done something in the spirit world. God has released a healing, anointing, uh, a new strain, if you would of healing. They'll perform such things that are, uh, uh, such fits that we have never seen before. The devil is afraid and he's playing catch up. He's trying to create a new strain of virus that, that are like Ebola and uh, other kinds of strains of, of, of flu that is vi uh, virulent against uh, medical treatment and all that. But just let you know that we are in the best of generations. The rapture can happen anytime. We're in a generation that believes that we don't have to depend on the ways of the world. We are that generation that delights in God's Word. That's why you are here. You are here because you delight in God's Word. You delight in God's Word. That's why you are here. Amen? Amen? That's why you are here. And that's why we are all here, to hear what God has to say about this and what's God's answer. So God never plays catch-up. The devil plays catch-up. So even two years ago, I prophesied, uh, not just here, but in other times as well, not in just in this sermon, but in other sermons, I preach that there'll be a new strain of virus. And I mentioned a, a flu-like virus which were virulent against, uh, 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 you know, medical science and, and what they can handle in the natural. But something unseen can cause such devastation. During this time, he wants us to look to him. And it's a time where even as believers, we got to ask ourselves, what do, we what do we really believe? It's a time where you see there are people who are stayed home, they'll be so afraid. And it's one thing for you to be smart and to be wise, but it's another thing for you to give in to fear, yeah. unnecessary fear. If you know someone is coughing and, and all the time, by the way, someone clears their throat, it's very normal. Amen? Even as I say it right now, people feel like clearing their throats right now. Amen? But the thing is this, even if something happens nearby, okay, it's not airborne, it, it, it's what you do with your hands later on. So don't touch your face. Uh -huh, uh -huh, someone is touching. Okay, almost, almost. Okay. So don't touch your face. And uh, uh, that kind of thing we observe, yes. But you know something? We can do as much as we can, having done all, to stand in that armor of God, the protection of God. Can I have a good amen? A thousand may fall at our side. That's quite, quite close. 10,000, like in China, more than 10,000. At our right hand, that's our neighbor, but it shall not come near us. Amen. We gotta believe God. Amen. We can do all we can, but only God can protect us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's enough. Be wise. By all means, be wise. <laughs> it's a really good snippet. See, I love that. The enemy is always behind. The enemy is always 
playing catch-up because the enemy can't create. So all the enemy can do is try to duplicate. And, and it's not even a good duplication. It's not even perfect. So even in that prophetic word, God's releasing a new strain of healings. So the devil goes, I can't have that. I need to do something about that. And so starts moving in the realm that he does, yeah, to take our eyes and our focus off what God's doing. In the season that is so, so jam-packed with fear, we need to know this. 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have a world around us that's totally driven by fear at the moment, but greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So our God is actually greater than the coronavirus. Because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Yeah? So we don't have to live by fear because, in fact, fear is the opposite of faith. Yeah? Fear is the exact opposite of faith. You and I, we're children of God. We, we are born out of faith. Yeah? We are born out of faith. So fear not, children of God. Do not be afraid, children of God. God himself tells us, even from the very beginning when he's speaking to Abraham, he says, be not afraid. Did you know that the phrase, be not afraid or fear not, actually appears, you're going to love this, in the Bible 365 times. That means there's a fear not, be not afraid for every single day of the year. So you and I don't have to live with anxiety or worry. Yeah? Come on. That's worthy of a clap. And I think... I think God wants to help us in this season. I love what the churches are doing and I, and I appreciate what we can do here. But so much of it seems to me to be driven with fear. There's a difference between being smart, as Joseph Prince said, you know, and there's a difference between being fearful. There is a difference in stepping out in faith compared to stepping out in stupidity yeah? because they look, they look the same a lot of the time. So we've got to be mindful of some of this stuff. Psalm 46.1 in the New, New Living Translation version says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Always, not sometimes, always ready to help in times of trouble. And I think these are the days that God wants to help us. And I actually believe that he gives us, particularly when it comes to a virus, when it comes to a plague, he actually gives us angelic help. So I'm going to err on the side of being a spiritual nut that believes in angels. Is that okay? Good. Because we should. <laughs> we actually should. We're coming into a season where God wants to help us with angels. And let me tell you something about angels and plagues. Angels are active in keeping plagues away from the children of God, the Bible tells us. Yeah? In Psalm 91, verses 9 and 10, I'm going with the King James New King James Version, just because it, it, it helps a little bit. But because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Yeah? Now, why will no evil befall us? It's really simple. Because he tells us in verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Angels, he's going to keep, I love this because that means over you and me. The whole passage reads, because you've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, 
Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. For you and I practically, practically in this particular season and in light, and this is why I've got this particular um, painting highlighted, yeah, because I think everything that we need to know to face tomorrow is painted there, yeah? Practically, it's all, for us, it's about not forsaking the assembly together. It's about not being so fearful that we actually stop coming together. I mentioned earlier, Scott Morrison said, it may not, it's a non-essential public gathering, but for me in my faith, it is essential, yeah? We should not forsake the assembly of ourselves together, all the more, especially when this stuff starts to happen around us. Don't forsake the assembly. If you've got a runny nose and you're coughing like Barry, stay at home. Do that. It's important that we do the smart thing, the right thing, you know. Self-quarantine. Do everything that we can in our power. We should be doing that with any sickness. Yeah? Like seriously, if you've got gastro, don't come. I don't want it. Yeah? I know this is the house of God and you can get prayer. So come quickly, get prayer, then go. <laughs> like, just in case. If you're well, if you're okay, don't forsake the assembling together, especially where there is strong, angelic, yeah? Strong, angelic activity. A lot of you may not even may not even be able to see this, but on the stage, we've got three A's on the stage, yeah? The A's actually represent where people in our church have actually seen angels at different times. These are not the only places that people have actually seen an angel. They've been seen as young children. They've been seen as huge you know, warriors, but we wanted to, as a worship team, say, hey, we're not going to forget that. We're not on our own. We actually have angelic help. So you don't want to forsake coming together when there's angelic presence that's here to help you, that has charge over you, to keep you in all your ways, yeah? You know, Corey's vision, one of the prophetic words of a friend of ours over this house, and he's had this same vision multiple times when he's come here. He goes, I drive in and I always see this giant angel standing over your church. This particular painting, Grace painted because God had asked her to paint it because that's the angel that's looking over our church. It may just be a face to you, but that was the word that Grace got. And so she painted it. So we have visions, yeah? We have people prophesying it over our church. We have God showing people. We've got A's on the carpet. My daughter will tell you about young angels sitting in the rafters. There's angelic activity here. I know you don't see it, but that's okay because we don't live by sight. We live by faith, yeah? Then in verse 10, yeah, we come here and in verse 10, thinking, you've got to remember, we're a house of prayer. We pray here. We pray for protection. We pray for covering. We pray for healing. And in verse 10, he says, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. The, the word for dwelling here also means home, but not personal, not yourself personally. It actually, it actually infers family. Yeah? It actually infers family. It, it's actually your family. It's a place where people would come and pray together. Yeah? Sometimes the word 
dwelling actually infers to a tent that they would put over where they buried people and people would come and spend time praying in that place. But it's a public gathering. The dwelling is a public gathering. A tabernacle, a church, a tent, your family, it's a public gathering. And, and the word says no evil, no harm will conquer you. It won't overtake you, won't before you. No plague will come near your home, your church, your tabernacle. No plague will come next to your public gathering. Will we be a people of faith? Let's be a people of faith, not of fear. Why? Why will no plague come near us? And, and, and this is really important because it, particularly in Hebrew, it's the key, the word for in, in verse 11. For, this is the reason for, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. What's really exciting about that is he says angels, S, plural, for you, you, not you all, you, singular. So you alone, yeah, the person on your right and on your left, you have angels, angels that have been given charge over you. Not one. That means when you, when you pray, you can say, come on, boys, let's go. I need your help today. You're not calling one, but you're calling a multitude. Angels are involved in our lives and watching over us in this particular time and season. Let's not forsake the gathering together. Don't let fear reign. Do you know how many angels you have? Oh, this is so good. Hebrews 12, 22, 23. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to, to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Here's some quick theology. Mount Zion is not Mount Sinai, right? Mount Sinai is where Moses went and got, got the commandments, yeah? Mount Sinai is where God demanded righteousness. Mount Sinai is where 3,000 people died after receiving the law. But Mount Zion is different. Mount Zion, God doesn't give us the law. He gives us the Holy Spirit. And upon giving us the Holy Spirit on Mount Zion, 3,000 people were saved. The, the actual temple, Solomon's temple, was built not on Mount Sinai, but on Mount Zion. We're a people of grace. We've got to understand that we live in a, in a dispensation of grace. This is where Papa gives us his gift of righteousness. And so... Just with that in mind, you go back to Hebrews and it says thousands upon thousands of angels are gathered. The King James actually puts it this way, that the amount of angels was innumerable. That means they can't be numbered. Not able to be numbered. So the angels with you and me number in their thousands upon thousands and they cannot be numbered, yeah? Where are the angels? They're with us, but where are they? At the church of the firstborn, the passage says. Jesus is the firstborn. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We believe in him, yeah? We are the church. We're called the church of the firstborn. Where are thousands upon thousands of innumerable angels? In the church of the firstborn, in the public, in the public gathering, in the dwelling place. 
in the tabernacle, in the house, in your family, with us. That's why we can actually step out in faith. So you know what? I'm not going to let fear drive me. I'm going to go and assemble with my family because there's angels watching over me right here, right now. You know, the truth is that many of us have probably met angels we haven't even known, yeah? Hebrews 13, 2 says, Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Wouldn't it be great to know? Like, it'd be so cool. In our old church, we were renovating, and uh, it, it was a church similar to Hilltop, BCF, High Steeple Few People Church, one of those old buildings from 18-something. And uh, bigger than theirs, and we were renovating it, and we, needed, we wanted to paint inside. Now, we were volunteers doing this thing. In some sections, this thing was m- taller than three stories. And this father came along, who was a painter, who just moved into the area and was in between jobs. So he and his son volunteered to help us paint. For two weeks, they came to our church, and for two weeks, they p- helped the volunteers. We painted the entire inside of the church. It is a huge job. A week after that, we never saw them again. They stopped coming to church. We don't know if they moved away. Never saw them again. I can't help but think, you know what? Man, you know, I think we just had some angels with us. I think we just had God's... I wonder... Often when people come to this place over the years and they've come and they've received prayer and received healing and then they've left. I'm not talking about those that we still see in the street. They've left and nobody knows what's happened to them. They're just not here anymore. I don't know. We didn't know them that well. They're only coming for two or three weeks and now they're gone. I just wonder, have we just been and showed hospitality to an angel who's built us up in our faith? by allowing us to pray for them and all of a sudden they show signs of healing. Yeah? You know, Charles Spurgeon tells a story of a German shoemaker in the 1800s when there was the cholera outbreak. Now, the cholera outbreak during the 1800s, it, it's just, you can't even follow it on Wikipedia. You start going to the countries, you're up around 200,000 people dead and then it mentions something else without a number. You can't even tell. Yeah? It was insane, the amount of people that died. But during this time, there's this shoemaker who's a believer. And, and Charles Spurgeon tells his story that he gets Psalm 91 and he sticks Psalm 91 on the outside of his shop window, right? Like a big poster. And in fact, it's Psalm 91 verse 7, to be precise, and it reads, A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Yeah? So Charles Spurgeon shares that during this time, so many people died around him, people that he knew, yeah, close to him were dying, but he never got sick. And his business flourished. And the story goes, Charles, Charles Spurgeon shares that as his business grew, he realized that the people that came and did business with him were also protected because none of them died. You know... We've got to understand that we've got thousands upon thousands of innumerable angels that have been given charge of, over us to watch us and to keep us. Billy Graham's got a book. It's an awesome book. I've read some of it, not all of it. It's called Angels. You're going to love the title because I, I think of a movie that is different. But anyway, God's Secret Agents. You know, have anyone ever seen 
um, is, I can't think of his name, but Paul Blart, the mall cop, and he has that, you know, the memoirs of an international assassin. You know, it's a really good, funny movie. But anyway, I think of that, angels, you know, God's secret agents. And I can't help but think of Mission Impossible. You know, I get that music. Angels walking around with, dun, 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 you know, the, and because we don't know, because we're so often driven by what we see, what we focus on, and we're living by sight, but not by faith, yeah? God never plays catch up. The devil does. We have angelic hosts watching over us. See, what the enemy does, the, the enemy, what the enemy does is visible. It's, it's physically tangible. He attacks our, our senses. But God is a, a God that does the impossible. And you can't even dream or think or imagine the impossible. You can't possibly see it until after it's done. God operates in the realm of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. So here's the devil and he plays and battles in the realm of sight. And so go with me here. We're aware of the virus because it's everywhere we look. Turn on the radio, we hear it. Turn on the TV, we hear it and we see it. We pick up a newspaper and it's there. We talk to each other when we're talking about it. You come to church and, I'm, and we're telling you at the front door, don't hug me. I love you, but get back. Just let me give you my elbow as a sign of love. Next week, we might even go to the toe tapping. <laughs> I promise that if we ever go to toe tapping, I'm going to wear thongs. If we're going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. We hear it. It's everywhere, you know. But the clip we watched earlier with Joseph Prince was prophesying into what God was going to do. And he was going to release a new strain of healing as well. Yeah. So what Father does is not always visible to the eye. It takes faith. Think about it. When the Israelites were in captivity, they had no idea that Moses was being born. When they were... You know, walking towards a famine for seven years, did they have any clue that Joseph had been in prison, out of prison, in a hole, out of a hole, you know, here, there, everywhere, and then perfectly set as the second next to Egypt to make sure the entire nation would be fed? They couldn't see. We don't often see what God's about. We can see what the enemy's doing. Yeah. We can see what the enemy's doing. The enemy knew what God was doing and so he killed all the Hebrew babies when Moses was born. You can see what he's doing. I've heard, I've heard it said that often if you don't know what God's doing in your life, have a look and see if you can see what the enemy's doing in your life and reverse it. Because the enemy plays catch up. Enemy has nothing that is the first idea he cannot reinvent the wheel, yeah? So if you're going through stuff, look at what you're going through and reverse it because it means that God's starting something already. We're just unaware of it. Fear not. Don't be afraid. God never plays catch up. You know, you and I, we need to refresh ourselves in the Lord. It came up in prayer this morning. Ross said something beautifully without even knowing. But the scripture in John 17 says, I've revealed you to them. And I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. That the love that the Father has for Jesus will be the same love that he has for you. Yeah? You, you, you've got to picture that. God the Father, 
God the Son. The love that he has for his son will be the same love that he has for you. That, that's huge. Like, I'd be happy just to know that God loved me, let alone to know that he loves me exactly the same as he loves his son Jesus that went to that extent. Yeah? We need to sit and soak on that, marinate in that truth and mediate on it because perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So if you're fearful in this season, sit and marinate at the extent of God's love for you. Just doing that, you don't have to do anything else because that perfect love, that reality will cast out fear in Jesus' name. You know, there's a song by Bethel and it's called Stand on Your Love. And and I love the lyrics because the lyrics of the chorus is, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. What's funny about that song, for ages until Mel corrected me, I'd never, never understood the chorus because I thought it was saying, my feet don't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, I don't get it, God. Look, I don't get it. And one day I'm singing it in the car and she goes, what are you saying? I don't know nothing. Why? <laughs> she goes, that's not the words. It's not your feet. It's my fear. It doesn't stand. Ah, that makes sense. (laughs) I know no one's ever sung the wrong lyrics to a song in this place, right? (laughs) You know, in this season, we need to trust and have faith in the faithfulness of God. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. It's his faithfulness that protects us. It's not not our faithfulness. It's not our faithfulness. You can be unfaithful or faithful. It's got nothing to do with his protection over you. It is solely his protection, his faithfulness that protects us. The the best example is probably this. If you're a a mum or a dad and and a child holds you, yeah, you're in a shopping centre, If a child's holding you, well, that's reassuring, but it's not really safe because the the child can lose their grip at any time, yeah? It's not our faithfulness. It's not us holding on to God. But if you're a mum or dad or a carer and you grab that child's hand and now you're carrying them and walking with them through a a shopping centre, I guarantee you they're not going anywhere without your knowledge, yeah? Yeah? That's God's faithfulness. He's holding our hands. He's watching over us. He's keeping us. It's totally him, his strength, not ours, yeah? And so here he is. He gives us angels to watch over us. And even though around us at times may seem different, you know, things can come really close to home. A thousand may fall at your side. And 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Can we be a people that have faith in his word and believe that you and I, we will not get the coronavirus? His angels are watching over us. But we, our faith is so deep and so strong that even if we do, We can believe that he's going to heal us and keep us through it anyway. Yeah? 
Because we've got faith on top of faith on top of faith because we've got thousands and thousands of innumerable. We can't count the angels that are watching over us to keep us. Man, that's faith. That's what I want us to be. That's what I want to be, to be those people. When someone goes, aren't you worried? Well, actually, no. God tells me 365 times you know, in a year, don't be afraid. So I won't be afraid. But what happens if you get it? Well, my God's a healer. He's got angels watching over me, watching every step that I take. So I'm believing he's going to heal me. What happens if he doesn't? Well, then I'm at home with him and you're stuck here. Ha, ha, ha. Is there, is there anything that's better than that? We've got faith that we're going to be okay. We're going to believe by faith that we're not going to catch this thing. We're going to believe by faith that he's going to heal us. But if by chance, for whatever reason, and I don't get it that we do, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Oh, amen for that. Honey, you look after the mortgage. Sorry about the kids. I did the worst I could in the time I had. (laughs) You know, this picture of graces that I've had lit up, this is Psalm 91, really. We need to rest in that. We need to be the people that are found, covered by the feathers and under the wings of the Almighty. We need to know that we have a covering. Yeah? Because... Let's face it, we don't live like, like, life like those that have no hope. We don't have to live with fear. We can live with a faith that makes no sense to those that are around us because we're children of faith. I had a conversation with my daughter yesterday, who, my middle daughter who's got a friend who's really logical and she's trying to think out faith. So whenever you say, no, I just believe it by faith, well, that's a cop-out because you can't prove it. Well, praise God, I don't want to prove it, then it's not faith. I've seen stuff happen that I can't understand. Oh, that's what all Christians say. Well, no, not all Christians, but I'm glad they do. Yeah, absolutely. We live by faith. We need to stand on this promise in this season. Why don't we stand as we look at Psalm 91? Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Look at that. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Let's be a people that trust God. Yeah? And I want to do something really freaky. Yeah? Let's be a little bit different. Let's, Let's be so unusual that when people talk about Mount Clear, they go, that church, absolutely, amen, hallelujah, yeah? So this is what we're going to do. We're not going to touch you because the government suggests we shouldn't. But Mel, if you could come forward and Sally and Grace and Laurie, that'll do. Four people. If you guys could face each other as if you're in love. Well, you... Sorry, that was for for Sal and Mel, right? Not Salmonella, Sal and Mel. All right. So now, if one person... Laurie, if you stand here... And I just want you to raise your hands towards heaven, if you could do that. Yeah, raise your hands towards heaven. And actually, you can come too, Jude. You can bring your chair because you can sit on one side. And John, you got some height. So you can do that. Excuse the buzzing. And who wants to live without fear? 
Yeah? I don't want to be fearful in this season. So this is simply what we're going to do. Yeah? Well, while Ben plays and the band does whatever they have to do, if you want to make sure that you're covered by the blood of Jesus, if you want to make sure that there's the angelic hosts watching over you, I'm going to, I want you just to do this. God, I want that. I claim that. That's for me. I won't live in fear. I'm going to live by faith and not by sight. Amen. I'm going to call you to walk through here. Yeah. So that means you have to get out of your seat. You can claim it where you're at. But why be scared of God's blessing in Jesus' name? So these guys are going to worship, worship with them. But if that's you, just come and walk through. If you want to feel the anointing, rest for a minute. But we don't have to live by fear like those who have no hope, yeah? Thousands and thousands of innumerable angels are given charge over us to watch over us. I'll be the first. No one else is moving. I don't, maybe I chose the wrong people at the front. Who knows? I don't know. You have to go from that side, otherwise there'll be a clash. And we're going to be a different people. And those that have got their hands up, just pray. Pray for God's blessing. Pray for God's anointing. Pray for God's outpouring. This won't come near to us. It will not come near to us. Come on. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near. Oh, it's Grace's fault. She's holding up the line. Go back another time if she hasn't finished. I'm gonna sing in the middle of a storm. With everything inside of me. And when you get back to your seats, let's raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. We're going to watch the darkness flee. I watch the darkness flee. <laughs> I raise a hallelujah. Oh, come on. With everything inside of me. I raise a hallelujah.
Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Father, we thank you for all that you've done. And God, help us to be a people that live on the truth that we have thousands of thousands of innumerable, can't-be-numbered angels that have been given charge over us, over the church, to watch over our every step. Father, we thank you that we can believe, Lord, that the plague will not come near. Lord, though a thousand fall and ten thousand on the other side, it will not come near. Lord, we hold on to that promise, God. We hold on to that promise as your children, as we face our week. And Father, may we be like that shoemaker, God, who so rests in Psalm 91, that those that came into contact with with Him were also protected. May the people that come in contact with us, Lord God, this week be protected from the plague. We thank You. We give You all the glory and all the honour. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week.